Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fosse Vernon After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. This week, we're going to be talking about affairs. We're going to be talking about dancing, breakups, and of course, we're going to be talking about mambos. Let's get into it. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, everybody, welcome to the AfterBuzz TV After Show here for Fosse Vernon, episode two, Who's Got the Pain? Woo! We got some really int- good backstory this episode. We got the very beginning and the very end of a relationship. Actually, the very end of two relationships. We did indeed. Um, I am your host, Brianna Phipps. And in case you didn't know, I'm a huge Broadway nerd. My favorite movie growing up and one of my favorite shows in the world is Cabaret. So this is the perfect show for me. <laughs> and I am not alone. I am joined right next to me by Miss Kim Davey, who's a huge Chicago fan. She did shows in New Zealand and she has her own dance company called She Shines Sun Dance Tours. Is that right? She Shines On. That's she Shines yeah. On. Bit she of a tongue on. twister. <laughs> yeah, hi everyone. I'm Kim Davey, originally from New Zealand, hence the accent. But yeah, grew up with Broadway, well, grew up wanting to be on Broadway, but in New Zealand it was all about just doing the local productions. So the Cats, the uh, You're in Town, the West Side Story, etc. Oh, and you're in town, you're getting, yeah. getting into the. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Uh, so you, this is definitely a show for you. Yeah, I love this show. I mean, it's literally been created literally for theater buffs alone, hasn't it? You have to yes. know your background. You have to know your fussy. Um, and so excited to be able to do this and just woohoo, rock out every night. Well, let's get right into it. So what was your overall thoughts of this episode? Well, I think as we were talking before, I definitely thought it made more sense tonight, which was nice. It kind of seemed not chronological, but at least you could keep up a little more. Um, it's just so fabulous. I just really really, really enjoy uh, Michelle Williams acting. I just think she's incredible. And um, yeah, I wish, it's just so exciting. I just want to see more and more. I would like to sit there and watch all of them in one go. That's yeah, I really enjoyed tonight's episode. Like, I love that we got the beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. uh, because that was something that I was lacking from last week that I really wanted to know about. And I, because while we know a lot about Fosse, like, for some reason, Gwen Verdon, even though she's such a huge person in the Broadway background, She's not necessarily a name that you say, and tons of people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. but Fosse, you do. Mm-hmm. So even though she had just as big, if not bigger, a career at, as him. It's amazing how that works. For me, for example, Fosse came about purely through Chicago. Like, that was the, the one musical that I think is done so many places around the world constantly, and that's where you hear about him to begin with. Well, for me, it was. So I think just because Chicago was so big on its own, that's where a lot of people hear Especially Fosse. when the movie came out. Yeah, and the mainstream, like, we'll hear more of Fosse, I think, through yeah. the likes of Chicago versus Gwen. That's very true. But I'm, I am so excited, and that's what I liked about this episode, and that's what I'm looking forward to in future episodes, is really getting to know Gwen as a person. Mm-hmm. Because yep. I feel like we've we've seen the story of Fosse so many times, and, you know, all that jazz, he basically told us who he was, which we're seeing now portrayed again yep. by Sam Rockwell. Both of them doing amazing jobs. So good. Just, just the tonality in her voice getting that matched is so incredible. Michelle Williams for Gwen. She's oh, she's incredible, and her body, what she's got it to for this this show is a lot of hard work for sure. I mean, yeah, and you're you're playing someone from a very young age and then going to a very old age. Yeah. So she's we talked about last week in our news section that she 
had to learn how bodies work for people yep. that are older, especially with dancers. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's been quite the treat to lose to. Uh, let's start off with talking about Fosse and Verdon and their meeting. Mm-hmm. So we're working on Damn Yankees, mm-hmm. and Gwen already has the part, but then they're like, you know what, we got this new choreographer, Fosse, and you need to go basically audition for him, which she is not happy about. She is not happy. <laughs> but then, as we find out later, that she was never auditioning anyway. No. You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but I think that's very much like his character. Like he oh, wants yeah. to have that control. So I think oh, he yeah. wanted her to think that she was auditioning. Mm-hmm. She, he, because he like is so sly with it. She's like, you never told me I was not auditioning. He's like, you never asked me. Yeah. And he just, I think he likes that control factor. Oh, he totally does. He totally does. Um, poor girl as well. Someone that famous who's been given the role, you know, and then she has to go in there and like, you know, shimmy her way up to him. But what I really loved and is just a perfect example of a true um, professional dancer is just how fast she picked up the Cory um, and how she just got it and like she could completely do everything that he wanted. And, and how she added ideas. on to him. Yeah, giving her him ideas as and that's well. That's where we kind of see her, the start of like... Not only is she his muse, but she takes what he gives her and almost makes it better. better. Of course. Behind every successful man is a more successful woman backing him wow. up, right? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen. That is our queen producer in the booth, Steph Sabra, oh. always hitting us with the great sound effects, especially for the women. Snaps. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and we also, so you guys know, I am in the chat. Jazz is here as well, and they say Overall thought seems Fosse is the villain of the piece. Yeah. That's definitely. quite true to real life, I feel like, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but their relationship kind of develops from there. They very easily trans- transfer into this working relationship of dancing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's almost like she's his assistant in a way, as we see in the room where she's kind of teaching everybody else these moves as well. Because she can do it. And, like, other people are having a hard time with these this choreography that they're being given from him. Yeah, that's interesting. In a way, yes, absolutely assistant. I kind of thought that she was without realizing that she wasn't, but it just seemed so natural to her. But also um, interesting, it's like she was translating, which is kind of ironic considering his third wife, but she's like translating the pieces for the plebs to understand exactly what she what he's after. Um, but it was interesting as well. She had a little bit of a firecracker moment when they were um, doing the piece uh, at the start with all the girls and, you know, it was her idea to find one to get rid of one and you know it was a bit of a ruthless streak yeah, in there she definitely had more power than maybe, maybe people thought she did on yeah. many of the productions yeah. uh, that she and she was so well known and she was so trusted and she won Tony's I mean duh yeah she's amazing I want a Tony right <laughs> um, but then we kind of we see this kind of progress more and more so as we go on and then we even to the point where we're now going into the previous for damn yankees and one of the dances isn't working and he has the big blow up in the hotel room Mm -hmm. and he can't we see it we saw it happen in the first episode where he needed her to come and like kind of be his translator and we see it this episode where he's like i can't think i can't process and he needed her to be like okay but this is what we're gonna do Mm. again that whole need men need a woman a straight thinking incredible woman to guide them support them and help them out um He's just such a creative genius, though. He really was. And they, they all need grounding. It was and just she almost, was definitely there. Yeah, and it was just almost like he couldn't, like he had he had the idea and the thought in his brain, but he couldn't... Articulate it? Ar- yeah, he could only convey it through the dance. He couldn't yeah. articulate what he needed or what he wanted. Yeah. And that's what Gwen was for. Mm-hmm. Gwen was his translator to the world. Exactly. Like, this is really what he means and this is what you need to do. Yep. Um, but the number that we're getting that he, they want something more fun, they want something more upbeat. Mm. And so we get Mamba. 
Yeah. Which I love. And Gwen hated, obviously, to begin with. She's like, well, she well, she said quite, you know, it was funny. It was just they want funny. They want upbeat. And this is a song saying like it's pain. It's despair. It's all this. And that's true. And but he was also correct in saying, you know, they're that's the words. And that's what I want the words to be. But all anybody out there is going to see that's not really listening is the fun Mm. dancing and jokes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just obviously the way that it's the fact that his wife is in so much pain at the time, Joan. It's just interesting juxtaposition with those two. And it's also just a great metaphor for like creative people in general mm. where you know it's it's often associated with creative people that tormented. they are tormented, yeah. they've gone through terrible things in yeah. their past that they have all this pain but then they put on a show for other people. Mm-hmm. Comedians especially, mm-hmm. you know, they have they make people laugh because they themselves are tormented by certain things. And that's a theme that we see over and over again in creative people. And that's something he's trying to showcase through his work, but he's doing it in a sly way where he's like, I'm not going to hit you on the nose with it, but if you get it, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so true. So many creatives, let's be real. So many creatives are very distraught and interesting within their brains and their creative outlet. It's yeah. I just love the juxtaposition of the comedy with the, you know, there's got the pain. There was a, on um, the Tony Awards, I'm trying to think of how many years ago it was, Neil Patrick Harris was hosting, mm-hmm. and he had this whole thing about uh, Broadway actors trying to do television and their shows being canceled. Yeah. And um, Megan Hilty, who had just, ca- Smash was just canceled, she comes out and they have this whole thing of like what they did, they sing what I did for love yeah. uh, from a chorus line, and she her little line is like what I did for um just people to love me and notice me because we were never hugged as children, <laughs> which is why we got into this business in the first place. So yeah. it's like, yeah, this is a reoccurring. Second engine. Yeah. Even nowadays, like it's still being forced down our throat that creative people are, yeah. have tormented past. Well, and it makes sense because I know dance, for example, is a great outlet and avenue for those that are, you know, struggling. It's like release the body and the mind will follow. It's healing. The arts is healing for all the internal pain that happens. So, um, it make it to, it's like what he put there through who's got the pain you know the mumbo was literally that what something that happens every single day for actors and performers worldwide it's and it just is such a funny stage. piece because like the music and the the feeling behind it does not match the words oh that's what's going so great i know it? and yeah. it's like it is true like that's a, definitely a song that if you're not really paying attention to the lyrics you're just dancing along yeah. with it it seems fun it seems upbeat it seems Hunky dory. <laughs> Hunky dory. Like Hunky that. dory. I feel like that's a word my mom used, and I'm getting it from her. Uh, but you know what else is fun? Being here every week and being able to engage with you guys at home and Kim, you have a very special message to give out to them. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hi, everyone. Um, before we just move into the next topic, though, uh, we just wanted to say thank you so much for helping make us the ESPN of TV talk. For us to continue to grow, we could use your help, though. So pretty please, fingers crossed, do what I'm about to say. <laughs> so if you're um, on YouTube right now, hit the thumbs up button for us. It would be amazing. And subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating because five stars is the best option always. Um, But no matter where you are, leave us a comment so you can get involved in the conversation. As we said, we're on the live chat as well. Brie would love to shout you out. Um, But being part of After Buzz TV has meant so much to all of us. uh, And we truly appreciate your support and letting us do what we love, which is talking about musicals all the time. Um, So don't forget to tell your friends and just keep enjoying our shows and then we can keep doing them. 
Oh, yes. Thank you guys so much. And just to shout out the couple of you that are in the live chat right now, Jazz41173 and Watcher Carter, we really appreciate you joining hey, in our conversation. I'm watching along. So if you have anything to say, put in there and it might just get shout out on air. And if you're just watching and you don't want to be part of the conversation yet, you can always go in there later and put it in the comments below. And I will give you guys a deal. If you're listening to this on iTunes and you give us that five stars, I will read your comment out on air next week. Well, exciting. I'm not doing it myself. There you go. <laughs> So moving on, though, we have this affair take place between mm-hmm. Afasi and Verdon. Mm-hmm. And it happens very quickly, like the way they portray it. Well, yeah. How, yes, very quickly. It's like, like It's like we've met, we're dancing, and boom. Uh, well, like I told you, I for a minute was like, hold on, has he gone home to his wife? Like, what's what's happening in these scenes? Like, well, because then they shot it so darkly at first. You're just yeah. like, wait, is he with his wife? But you see this, like, you know, he has this first dance rehearsal with her, and he was only going to do, what was it, 16 bars? Mm-hmm. And it turned into doing a whole dance because they just vibed. Mm-hmm. And he goes home to his wife. She's like, what? it's so late. Why are you coming no. home so late? And you're already seeing this. And just right away we get the sex scene with her, with Verdon, right along with Joan. Yeah. Him with him explaining to Joan. Her, a sick wife. What I did appreciate later on, though, was that Vernon was very apprehensive of continuing the relationship when she actually found out she was Joan was sick. Yeah. Kudos to her for that. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to, no matter if you stay in an affair or not, I always feel like there's some sort of guilt. Like, if you don't have guilt, then I don't think that you're a human <laughs> or you're uh, something else <laughs> like there's people that have the guilt and just choose to ignore it or choose to make um excuses to stay in the relationship and there's people who have the guilt who can't it's literally tearing them apart yeah so it's one or the other i feel like but it was interesting uh, later on as well when um joan confronted her in the ladies room and then she was upset by that obviously joan was i'm sorry um gwen was and then outside and i thought she was gonna have a breakdown and push him away but that's when she was really like yeah. into him again i was like hold on lady yeah, we'll get more into that in just a moment yeah cool, cool. but that was a really intense scene but this scene that we get right off the bat, right after this, with the wife, is that she comes to rehearsal. Yeah. And she lets him know, like, it's happened again, and meaning she can't stand up. Mm. Uh, which you did some research. It's di- diabetes. She had diabetes, and yeah. she was she didn't want people to know she had diabetes. No. So she did everything in her power, which is why he had to end dance rehearsal and kind of get everybody out. And we're already seeing Joan at this point, um, not Joan, um, Verdon at this point, Gwen, get very... Touchy-feely. Yeah, I mean... How would you like? I mean, how would what would you do in that position? You're like you're having sex with this man, and you've never, even though you know he's married, you've never been confronted with the physical person that you're doing this yeah. to, and now you see her in person. Yeah. I mean, that has to wear on you, right? Slightly awkward, and especially when she's spinning around his neck as she walks in. <laughs> she's like, "Oh, went too far there." Yeah, awkward. I don't know. Um, it's so rampant in the theater industry, though, isn't it? These show romances and all this yeah, kind I mean, of fairy tale stuff. In Hollywood in general, one, there's a big theme of people not committing in in entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is hard. You're on. You're away from your loved one from a very long time, and you're uh, on these shows. Not that it excuses or says that you should do it, but you're on these shows with these other people, and you're creating bonds and. Yeah. See, I, I, I always like, nah, don't buy that because there's so many industries that are away from their families and away from their loved ones. What I reckon it is, is I think it's like the, the heightened sense of creation and imagination world. Like you're usually on a piece, you know, in a play or a musical or whatever, that's not real life. So you're playing characters. And so you feel like you can slip into that a little further. I think it could be a little bit of A, a little bit of B, but I think that ultimately it comes down to you have choices and you can make the choices to be committed yeah. or you can make the choices not at some point you feel like they're like this is already his second wife yeah um 
<laughs> Being Gwen, you would think Hello. Like at some point you'd be like, this seems to be a pattern. Mm-hmm. And then the pattern, obviously, we see continues with her, as we'll talk about later. But it's just. It's sad. I, I, it's, we, I feel like women have this dying need to want to change men. And they always think that I'm the one that's different. Mm-hmm. There is always that it's not going to happen to me because it's different with me. Yeah. Or it's also these um, show romances and these men who are creatives are so good at wooing a woman. Um, you know, such very... well, creative genius is very attractive. Oh, yeah. That's hot as well in itself. But then also they usually have a way, and especially if you can dance as well, like, hello, they can chasse into your life. Um, so I find, yeah, absolutely. It's the creativity. It's the the fact that if they're not gay and in the, the industry is always a bonus for girls. So, oh, that's hello. And then... Yeah, the dance ability and the schmoozing and the just, oh, you know, I mean, yeah. we've been there. Broadway. And Gwen's not completely innocent in this either. She has a boyfriend as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's not married, but she's still cheating on this man and deceiving him. As, and, you know, we see her come in that next scene and she's kind of avoiding him and like not trying to look him in the eye. And it's mm-hmm. that very like shameful thing mm. where she has a shame, but he, we see him have none of it. He doesn't no. seem to feel any oh, of that shame. No. No, it doesn't seem to process at any level other than the surface. Well, and she's like, she kind of says to him, you know, like, you have this sick wife. You have the, like, I know. We're so doing this sad. to a woman that's sick, and he's just like, no, it's like, nothing. I love you. Yeah. No, that's wrong. I'm sorry, but I don't care what industry you're in. There's morals and there's what's right and what's wrong. And I do not think you should have been messing around on a wife who was sick. At least wait for her to pass, obviously, seriously. Well, and it's that, it's that thing too. And I, Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Jazz in the chat, but I believe you're saying that if he cheats on you, he'll cheat on you. It means that if you're the person that he's having the affair with, mm-hmm. if that's how you guys got together, oh, then you have to almost assume that that's what's going to happen to you in the future. Yeah. And why would you waste something that's real on something that you never know how it's going to turn out? I suppose that's in any industry or whatever, but... I don't know, like, if she, yeah, if she'd actually looked back and had a look at the first wife and then the second wife, and as Joan tells her later, the same thing's going to happen again. Why would you go after that kind of a mm-hmm. person? Like, keep them as a friend and have fun with them, with the dance, etc. But keep your personal life separate because at the end of the day, the show ends. Yeah. The show ends and you have to go back to real life where you may have not have work for a while and reality strikes again. And hello, are we really with the right person and who's going to look after you forever? at this point in his career, he it doesn't seem like he has any children. I believe he only had the one daughter with her, yeah. with Gwen. Cool. But so it's like, at least there's not that messiness yet. Yeah. But then, of course, in the future, we know there's going to be that messiness of a child, yeah, yeah. which even is more distraught. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we jump forward a little bit more and we're in these previews where we were when the whole Mambo thing came up. Mm-hmm. And we see that they're both there with their significant other. And Joan has an idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been let into that. But I think being with a man like that um, who had such commitment issues that you just always are on edge and always assuming he's with somebody hmm. because it would be awful. Yeah, it's a terrible way to have but to again, live. But again, good point about if she was part of the creation of that for somebody else, i.e. Joan, she caused that with him splitting up with Joan, then it's kind of karma. Yeah. Like she kind of deserves I it. I mean, I don't I don't believe that anyone deserves it because um, it's a terrible thing to have to go through, but it's definitely it's definitely not something that is as surprising. Yeah. For sure. Um, 
But yeah, we see that in the bathroom scene that you mentioned earlier where Gwen um, and she, they are kind of meeting, definitely been in the same room together before. Mm -hmm. But uh, she tells her, you know, I'm such a huge fan of yours. And she kind of slyly like lets her know like, yeah, so I was, uh, I met him on a show and he had a wife. And soon after that, he left that wife for me Mm -hmm. and we got together and I got him his first his first role, like not mm. role, but his first uh, job in the entertainment industry. And I gave him this career and now he's turning around and doing that to me. So hopefully you'll have better luck mm-hmm. is, based, like, is what she said. I, I had utmost respect if that's actually how it, it played out with for Joan and that, just how she keeps it all together and delivers the information as it needs to be delivered. And of course, Gwen at that moment is just like, like, what do you do? Oh my God. Well, at the end, we're just like throwing her stuff down. Oh my goodness, I need a smoke. Yeah, basically. like, there's, there, what do you, you can't say anything back to that. No, like, you can't you're plead your case. No. There's no case to plead. No. Like, that was all. a very definite, like, queen moment of, like, boom, and I'm yeah. out. I just think it was so amazing how women back in the, I mean, in generals from all the movies and stuff that you watch, how they keep it together. And then they go back and sit with their husbands, and they're good little ladies. And then at the end, well, they just definitely leave. Th- that, it's a, definitely a time period thing Absolutely. of, like, Women, Today? Sh- women should be seen and not heard, like just like children yep. should be seen and not heard. And it was, you didn't have public fights; you had private fights. Yeah, you know, yeah. I that not like today. I had, that's almost stuff on the lawn in my own family. That was kind of a similar thing. Like we didn't have mm-hmm. fights in front of if the company was over, um, and then I would go to friends' houses and their family would fight in front of like me. And I, it was such a foreign thing. Oh. So it's definitely something that is breaking nowadays. But it it was definitely yeah, it's a long tradition I- of you don't. You don't air your dirty laundry in front of people. Yeah, and I agree. Definitely, definitely, absolutely agree. And I still think it should be the case. I actually prefer the old way of it happening. Well, it makes it very awkward for anybody else around you. It's true. Well, exactly. But no, I mean, today, if we did just keep it together and then just deal with it later, I think there's more respect in that than just losing it. Um, Jazz said that Nicole, which is his child, Mm -hmm. is his only child and is actually a producer on the show. I I know, yes. Thank you, Jazz. Thanks, Jazz. That's really cool that she's... um, I love it when they involve the family because the family's going to hopefully, you know, give the truest story that we can get. You know, obviously we're always going to change things up for television because we need to make it a little more dramatic or a little more entertainment wise. But as true to the story as possible is always the best course for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also move forward afterwards to her having the smoke and Fosse finding her and then kind of having this really intense Mm. moment of passion. Um, And then he tells her to leave her husband or her boyfriend and she's like, only if you leave her. Mm. And at that moment, he doesn't say anything, but it's kind of like, no, I won't. Mm. But then we jumped right to Joan leaving him. So selfish. Double standards. Hey. <laughs> Boy. But that's a common thing of like, I can have what I want, but you have to be mine. I don't think that's common. Oh, God. Like, not common like in every life, everybody's life, but like on people that cheat, like that's like, they oh, don't sure. want you cheating but on them. They want their cake and eat it too. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the affair that we get. And then the, we know as we, as we end that part of it, they're, Gwen and him are now kind of moving in together almost. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get the kind of drastic turn because we jump right to the, the other part of it is we're going to the very end of their relationship. Yeah. You know, we're in Morocco with, um, her friend, Aunt Joan, Joan, Joan Simon. Joan Simon, yeah. And they're basically like, this is the last plea for their relationship to work. And well, he thinks it is, but she's like, well. I think it's the last plea for her at first, but when he drops the news that I'm in love with this girl, then she's done. <laughs> yeah, good. 
because they're because you know she's having this talk with her friend her friend's kind of telling her like you need you should make it work like these things happen infidelities happen but just make it work and they go to the beach and he he drops that he's like i'm i'm in love with this girl but that doesn't mean i'm not in love with you oh i can't stand and then he kind of says he says it straight up to her he's like you know why don't we just keep doing what we're doing and then i'll just still have her like why is that so bad i just want to snake him i know (laughs) it was definitely like a very painful scene to have to watch because you're just like as a woman you're like asshole (laughs) like how are you saying this and like how are you how do you oh, think it's right and it's yeah, okay? Yeah, exactly. How do you th- like, how do you think she should react? Yeah, to like, this? do you want me to say, "Oh, sure, that'd be awesome." Oh my god, bring her over, even on, like honestly, have dinner. Like, if I, well, you know, no, I'm not a I'm not a man, and I've never cheated on somebody, so I, I've never been in that position, so I can't speak 100. percent But I would I would like to think that I wouldn't want to be with somebody that would be okay with me cheating on. Wow, well, yeah, but I was thinking about that when he was when they were having that conversation. He was so manipulative, like around her, kissing her, holding her, pulling her. Then in the car, hands on the um, window as it goes up. Well, talk he's, about he's done the game screwed. for so long. Oh yeah, and we see that because she. She starts telling him, like, oh, wait, this is the scene. This is the part where you say this, right? And, oh, wait, you forgot your line, yeah, darling. Brilliant. I love when she gets sassy. Yeah. It is my favorite. I, Last week I said I wanted her to, like, let loose. And I got it this episode and I was so happy with it. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that she delivered it as though we were in a scene. Like, yeah. oh, wait, you forgot this one line where you tell me about this. That's when she finally when you say has you'll control. never do it again. You forgot that line, yeah. darling. Yeah. Do you want to retake it? Yeah, so good. Showing that she's she like, we've done it too many control. times. It's lost its, <laughs> its appeal. <laughs> Perfect show business. Yeah. yeah. And she just says it with such confidence. And she's just, she's done. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, she's done. Mm-hmm. And she gets into that cab and she's like, you don't live with us anymore. Mm-hmm. She, I've already told our daughter. Call her you, yourself. And she's, yeah, she's like, call her and you tell her your side of it. But I've already told her that you're not at the, you don't live at this house anymore with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Good. Strong mm-hmm. woman. That's what, they, that's what she needed to be. Absolutely. Take no more of his crap. I mean, it was probably such a long time coming for her too. Like she probably mm-hmm. had, like it, it, she couldn't physically get herself there until that moment. Like everybody has their breaking point and some people's are longer than others. But mm-hmm. imagine just the buildup of those emotions over and over. Well, the fact that he's over. just so manipulative, the fact that he seriously is, he wants his cake and eat it too. And so he, like, like I was just saying, he, he was all over her. He has no qualms. He has no self-respect to, or respect for her to actually just let her go and say, I'm really, really sorry. But he just constantly taking very selfish man. Very selfish. Yeah, Jazz in the chat is saying that um, uh, Joan spilled all the tea. He was a frustrated performer who was never going to be a star, but ironically became a legend as a choreographer, his name mm-hmm. becoming his own style. Not only that, he asked her for money to help uh, take care of Joan. <laughs> yeah, Damn. The entitlement he had, like he was surprised that she wouldn't just say, oh, no problem, honey. Yeah, yeah that that is something we skipped over uh, that Joan does tell Gwen about um, about Bob is that he wants to be the star and can't be. He doesn't have the factor that you and I have. Mm. That's very interesting, isn't it? Considering what's happened in history and mm-hmm. who's the remembered the most that like you were but saying But it's before. true, but he's he's famous for choreography yeah. and he's famous for directing. He's not famous for being the performer. No. And I think he kind of always wanted to be. What they're portraying it as is that he always wanted to be in that light mm-hmm. and he couldn't. And maybe that's not to excuse his actions, but maybe that's part of why he... Was never satisfied with what he had. Mm, slightly jealous. Mm-hmm. Interesting, huh? I don't know. I mean, we'll never know. 
I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't pretend to be a psychiatrist, but I do like to like theorize about how people react mm-hmm. to certain things. So that could be. That makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I like it. But um, do you have any other thoughts on the episode before we move on to our special segments? No, I just um, I just can't wait for more. I feel like I want to go deeper and faster and, yeah, just give me more, give yeah. me more. And Context. we only have six more episodes, so it's I like... I know, what's going to happen then? Ugh. That's it. <laughs> the drama. Well, we could, I mean, it would be really cool if they could actually make a similar um, series on different famous Broadway performers. Which they might. That'd be great, wouldn't you it? You know, I mean, history has... Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. History has definitely stuff. a large uh, pool to, to, go, sure to grab does. from. But that would be really cool. Um, but let's get into our special segment, which is Fosse Fun Facts. Wow, that's... I love tap dancing sounds. <laughs> um, so I looked up an article that gave us some um, counter between what happened in real life and this episode in particular. This is going to be good. So anyone who wants to read the full article, this is from Slate.com, and it's called what What's Fact and What's Fiction in Fosse Verdon Episode 2. So it did say that they, while they did first work together on Damn Yankees, the audition that she went to was not the first time that they had ever met. They had met in social circles before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was true that she and him were both kind of apprehensive about working with one another. Both of them. Mm-hmm. Oh. He said, I don't know her. How do I know we can work together? He apparently asked Prince. And Verdon recalled that she had a reputation for being difficult. I was difficult because I couldn't stand bad dancing. So hmm. they both had their apprehensions of working with one another. But, it, you know, as we see, it turned out very well for both of them in, <laughs> for a while. in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. In I, that I mean, context. you can say in their careers, they were very good for each other. Definitely. Yeah. Just maybe not in the romantic sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to the other Mrs. Fossey. Uh, so Joan Verdon, uh, what we saw in this episode, she did give him his first job. Um, and she did encourage him to take acting classes uh, because she said, you're too good to spend your life in nightclubs. Uh, she lifted him out of what he was doing, his, and he said he'll always be grateful for that. But he, um, it says that he didn't leave McCracken on her own. She didn't leave him. Despite her suffering two heart attacks during the run of Damn Yankees, he didn't move in with Verdon. They maintained separate apartments, but the relationship was an open secret until Fosse finally divorced McCracken in 1957. He had been waiting for her to be released from a facility where she'd gone to recover from a breakdown. Hmm. It kind of Which shows is, he has a little bit of a heart. He did have a little bit of a heart. I don't know if that's a heart or not. He, she got out of a facility for having a breakdown. He divorces her. Yeah, but he seems to kind of wait till she's over a little bit of a sickness. And when she seems to be okay again, he's I like, yes. <laughs> Oh, it's I kind of like the story better of her just saying no and leaving. <laughs> that works. I like our theatrical version of the events for that part okay. better. Um, as far as the big dance number, the mamba dance number that he had to come up with and his big hearing the guy talk through the wall and having the that's huge uh, blow up about it, that's all true. That would, yeah, makes sense. It says, including Fosse's listening through the wall and his furious response to hearing Abbott and Prince say that they thought the original number was terrible. 100% accurate to what we saw in the show. That would get you, though. Like, all your hard work and the amount of time he spends on the intricacies of everything for it to be cut. And also, 
So the breakup between Fosse and Vernon, apparently this is all accurate as well. Fosse and Vernon did stop living together after the cabaret shoot. The final straw was Vernon discovering him in bed with two German girls, although she had already received a letter from the translator's furious husband revealing all of what was happening. Moreover, even before Fosse got the cabaret job in 1970, the marriage was in dire condition. I think Bob outgrew me, she told the New York Times. Bob started writing and he was involved in all kinds of things. And I was so involved with Nicole, I didn't really care if I worked or not. He began to think, oh, you're my wife. I hated that. Um, according to Sam Wasson's biography of Fosse, after the production wrapped, Fosse was spending a post-shoot week in Madrid with the translator when he started having second thoughts. He called Vernon, who agreed to come to Simon's rented villa. Verdon and Joan Simon were indeed close, and Fosse and Simon had collaborated on Little Me in 1962, and then again on Sweet Charity in 1966, with Simon subsequently <laughs> serving as Fosse's unofficial sounding board on scripts. The reconciliation failed, and Verdon returned to New York and their daughter and Fosse to the translator. Mm. Uh, you're talking about two, did you say German woman in bed? Was that any of the prostitutes that he went and got? No, <laughs> it was the translator for Cabaret that we saw in that first episode, uh, who got the prostitutes the one that was standing and then he makes out with afterwards so the one he ends up with he yeah so he has an affair with her Mm -hmm. and so after they tried to reconcile and he says i'm in love with her being this woman he goes back to her and she goes back to new york Mm -hmm. so those are some true events that we got and those are some pretty close for most of it yeah for most of it there was only a couple dramatizations of it but yeah for the most part seems like they're sticking pretty true to real life good Awesome. Liking it. Um, and so uh, now news and gossip? Yeah, let's get into some news and gossip. News and gossip? I just thought this was cool because uh, obviously always Broadway fans watching the show. So um, just a bit of news. So f- there was an article in um, uh, Playbook. It was actually a Playbook article. Oh, cool. And it was five ways that Bob Fosse changed Broadway. And that's pretty, pretty good feat. Five for one, you know, choreographer slash director to change Broadway, the whole yes. of Broadway. So here we go. So number one was made small movements a big deal because previously it's all about da, 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 all the good stuff. But no, particularly like, you know, like you were saying, the tendons, everything, all about the mm-hmm. small movements. And we saw that a little bit too, and just even him saying don't move. Yeah. Oh, I a bunch like of that. dancers like being like, don't move. But that's good. I like, yeah, I like it. Uh, the second is specific movements for each ensembleist. So rather than being a standard ensemble where everyone does the same thing, different people had different moves, which is cool. Number three, uh, subverted the audience expectations. So, for example, in Chicago, okay. uh, when he used the like the twenties music and stuff, but he turned it on its ear by altering the tempo and stuff. Um, four was um, build ensemblists like stars, which is cool. So um, obviously the musicals had their main talent, but in like for example, chorus line, he made ensemblists like the forefront of the show. They oh. became the stars. Um, and number five was uh, ensemblists contributed to the choreography. So very much a um, collaborative effort. He apparently would say to them, okay, this is what I'm thinking, and give them some examples, tell them to go home, and the next day sort of come back and be like, show me what you got. So he would actually take the ideas from the cast and create it into his choreography as very well. Very cool. So that was cool. So five ways that I Bob mean, that makes sense, Broadway. though, because as we saw with him, like them saying that he wanted to be the star, but he was always, when he did perform ensemble. Yeah. It would make sense for him to want the ensemble to be more exactly because he uh, understands forefront. where they come from and they've got experience, they've been around, and maybe not being as talented to be able to be the star. You know, the star because maybe you're talented in dance, but maybe you're not as talented in singing and acting. Yeah. So I like that. I did too. I thought it was awesome. 
cool. Not yeah. many people can say they've actually. And it's nice Broadway. to see some that he did some good things. Yes, he did. Um, so all those ones I as we're, as we're as we're rambling about all the bad things, yeah. it's good to highlight some of the good things that he did. Totally. Um, let's get into some predictions for next week's episode. Oh, gosh. Well, I just it freaks me out like out of space. <laughs> I mean, we're, that's what we're doing. We're putting our exactly. brains into a different headspace so we can think about. Ooh. We're going a week forward. Um, well, I just, I, I would like it to continue, as I was saying, um, like tonight's episode. It made more sense to me. It helped to fill some gaps and it seemed to be more chronological insofar as I know we're going back and forth, but at least it continued and made sense. Um, just give me more dirt details and fabulousness. I just want to know. I just love seeing truth i want to know the truth so if they stick stick to the like the biography etc then that would be awesome so more of that cool i agree with you on because i don't mind so much the skipping around in time i can follow that but i like that now that we have where we started and where we yeah where the breakup happened when in the first one where we've ended completely um i feel like moving forward when they jump around it won't be as confusing Mm -hmm. where we are and it looks like from the previews next week that we are going to be doing some more of like the cabaret mm-hmm. era and even towards the editing process of the cabaret movie. Um, so I think we're going to, you know, maybe we might even get that scene where she catches him in bed. And I think that's maybe that scene is when she's dropping off the monkey suit. I don't know. <laughs> that's my theory. <laughs> the monkey suit. Because they keep going back to that they do. freaking monkey they head. Do. So I wonder if that's like they're trying to like really narrow it down to being like her bringing back that suit is, mm. is the last thing she'll do for him. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm, I'm excited to see it as a huge fan of the movie. I'm excited to see more of the breakdown of what he did with Cabaret, the film mm. and everything like that. So, and then I'm also excited because we looks like we see some of, of the daughter. I'm excited to explore her a little more, yeah. especially with her being a producer on the show, like giving her yeah, actual her story, insight. her perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I'd also definitely want to see more dancing. Give yes. me more dancing. Yes, this week we got more. I think we got more dancing more, this yeah. week. Yeah, you just give me more. I want to see a full number. Great, thank you. <laughs> well, maybe we will get that next week. But until then, where can we keep up with you, Kim? And all of anyone wants to chat with you about the show. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me personally on all my social media at Kim Davy Live. And yeah. you guys can find me at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S on both Twitter and Instagram if you want to chat some more about Fossey or any other Broadway show for that matter with me. Um, and thank you again to Jazz and Watcher Carter in the chat. We enjoyed having you and for all your tidbits that you gave us. You really are our third host today. And we will see you guys all next week to talk a little more Fossey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.